Welcome to the party, pal! But it's only authentic if it says members only right here. Swatch. Watch! You're about to hear the greatest soft rock collection ever. Bueller. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron! And what's it gonna do? Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Hello, welcome to Living in the 80s. Uh, I'm Rob, and I've got I've got Randy here today. Hello. My name is Randy, and I was hurt by a truck. So, Randy, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just, I'm pretty tired. I got up so early to be here with you and Matt. Uh, we had to reschedule because I was out of time for work, so thank you for meeting my schedule. And then Matt's schedule. And then Matt's schedule debunked. changed. So. so, one of these days, we're going to get like an octagon with the two of you in it and yeah. see what happens. So, if you guys never listen, don't know what we're talking about. So, Matt is my most frequent co-host because he... He's an 80s nerd like me, and uh, Randy's our friend, and we, a lot of times, like, we'll poke fun at him, but never, I I have not been able to get the two of those together, but that will happen one day. That will happen. But uh, before we get started, I wanted to thank everybody for joining today. Uh, Living in the 80s is, continues to grow and become a a very cool thing, Uh, so make sure you're joining us on our Facebook group. Uh, which now has 1,337 members. You've gained four since yesterday. It's magical. Yeah, because uh, I think it was 1,333 when I checked yesterday or the day before. Yeah, well, it's funny because if you join the group, there's like a series of questions you need to answer, and you've got to approve, agree to um, you know, go to all, go by all the rules and stuff, which basically is no profanity and don't nothing post, from the 90s. Don't post crap from. <laughs> <laughs> from the 70s or the 90s or any other decade. And um, I get all of these. I, I probably turn down more people than I led in the group. Only because they'll like, it's their first day on Facebook and the only other group they're in are Terrorists Are Us or something. <laughs> like, you know, I don't really think they could have a good conversation about Loverboy or Fieros. You don't know. There is somebody <laughs> in the Middle East that wants desperately to be in this Facebook group. Before they blow up their vest, and, and I and I am I am crushing their dreams. You might be the one that pushes them over the edge. I, I probably am. You never know. It, I could be the I could be the reason I blow up a convenience store. Who knows? <laughs> I really don't want anyone to blow up a convenience See, store. I was gonna say now you're now you're starting to sound more like our podcast because <laughs> yes. we do make jokes like this all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I always I'm always. Randy and Randy's known me for years. I always try to be very careful not to cross any line or offend anybody. So, you know, if you've got um, issues, then I, no, you're, 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 you know, you don't like offending. You don't set out to upset people. Um, no. I don't set out I to do that. Do. It just happens. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, my fa- one of my favorite texts I've ever gotten from you uh, was last year. Sometime you saw a reply that I put on Facebook, and you texted me and said. I'm so glad you put that because I was thinking it, but I didn't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> and I was like, well, hey, at least everybody else was thinking it. I'm just the one that says it. So. It's funny because uh, I've got this very thick filter. 
Randy has a filter, but it's a little thinner than mine. Yeah. So, my, so we kind of rely on... Uh, you don't want to trust my filter. <laughs> mine's like mine's like, trying, like smoking an unfiltered cigarette through a coffee filter. Like, it's that thin. It's, <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, sometimes that gets me in trouble, but I've learned to roll with it. I understand. So, uh, before we get rolling, literally, into today's topic... Uh, but, um, yes. I wanted to, uh, again, thank everybody. Uh, Be sure that you are uh, checking out Roundtown Radio and Star 107.9. As I mentioned last week, I'm going to start doing a countdown show here, uh, 1st of September, where I'm going to do a countdown from different weeks in the 80s. And if you like this podcast and you hear me playing these little clips of songs, I'll be playing the whole song because... We'll have copyright. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be good. So uh, be looking forward to that. Check out the Living in the 80s our dot US on our webpage, and you can listen to us multiple platforms uh, Spotify, Apple Music, which is our most common uh, way to listen, iHeartRadio. There's a ton of others. So uh, if you found us, you've probably. Are, are using that. something. Yeah, using something. That's what we, we always say, check us out on all these different platforms, and I realize we're saying that to somebody that's already listened to us on some platform. So. Well, it's funny. When you set yourself up to do a podcast, they always uh, try to encourage you to list the platforms you're on because you know, we, we get to be on these places for free, so the least we can do is like promote them a little. So when we mention Apple Music, like they they need more money, and so we're helping, you know, get the word out about Apple Podcasts and people yeah. that listen and Spotify. They're just this little startup that we want to try to see continue doing good things. Yeah, so yeah. Spotify, it. the little startup that just gave a uh, Joe Rogan a hundred million for exclusive yeah. rights. Exactly. Yeah. The, Tiny so, little startups like them. So they so they really do need more money. They now. need yes. they need your listeners. They do. They to do. listen to Spotify more. So yeah, Joe Rogan that uh that new mansion you're building, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's us little people. Just name one wing of it the Rob Flott wing. You That'd should be fine. And it should be decorated with like Rubik's cubes. All eighties. And and movie posters from the eighties. The weird angled tiles on the wall. And, yes, and an Ohio State bobblehead. And it should have his antigos in it. See, I'm looking out for you. I do listen. Man. I don't I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. See you had to go get Zantigo. Now I, I heard I heard it. the story with uh, Kevin going and calling you and all that. I listened to that episode. Yes. Well, I, you might not have heard last week, but Kevin actually um ordered me a Zantigo t shirt that got delivered to my house. Awesome. So that that's that's awesome. I love that shirt. So anyway, Today, we are going to just get right into it. Let's go. No fluff, no This Week in 1982, none of that kind of stuff. We're going to start talking about cars of the 80s. I am excited. Now, originally, when we did the podcast, this kind of really wasn't a topic I wanted to particularly cover. Just because I'm not a car guy. Like I like cars. Cars are pretty. I like driving them fast. But that's yeah. about it. I can't work on them. I it's can't transportation build them. for you, predominantly. Well, predominantly transportation. But I like to be comfortable, and I like it when it looks sweet. 
So. Right. I mean, that I mean that comes with. I've got this. I've got an Ar- Acura RDX now. It looks nice. It gets me around. It's comfortable. It's a sporty mom van. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're you're a sporty mom van. Yeah, I am. Yes. Um, yeah, I think. Well, for you, I've never known you to be a gearhead. You're not turning wrenches. You're not. You know, doing illegal drag races down West Broad. I used but, to. I used to drag race my right. own Chevelle. Well, see, the Chevelle's somewhere drag racing. Exactly. An Acura, and I never lost. An Acura SUV is not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's got a turbo, though. Yeah. It, a, it, a lot it, of cars. It, it'll, it'll get it. And that's something we'll, we'll kind of touch on today is that these new four and six cylinder turbos mm-hmm. are outperforming these cars that we hold so, like, like oh, my, yeah. my dream car, God forbid I mention a 90s show, but Nash Bridges. Mm-hmm. Got me tuned into a 1971 Hemi Cuda convertible. So you went 90s and 70s there. Oh man, I, that was I, magic. I both both sides of the 80s. So it equals the 80s. <laughs> there you go. But up. that car was like it's so loud and so fast and just it's mean looking. And the, the problem is, I'll never be able to own one because the particular one I want, they made 16 of. So they're worth over a hundred thousand dollars, and it's wow. just. Everybody, all my friends say, if I hit the lottery, I'd buy a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Maserati. I'm like, I'd want a 71 Hemi Cuda. But my dad's F-150 engine has, like, the same amount of power in a twin-turbo V6 as that whole car did, you know. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of the modern cars, like your Acura even, can move. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a lot it. of these cars we're going to talk about today that, that your listeners or Facebook um, patrons voted for, man, some of them are just turds <laughs> there's no other way to put it so yeah and there, there are and there are several so i'm looking at these and you know it granted i will defend the list a little bit only because like when we were younger we perceived these cars as cool and the people that aren't like absolutely like the gearheads like me like my dad used to always try to get me to help him work on the car so i could learn something yeah and i i just it didn't keep my interest. Like, I'm like oh, okay, <laughs> I just go off, wander off and do something else. But um, so we're going to get into the list here. We've got uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. We got to have eleven, eleven here. So yeah, uh, one of them I eliminated because it was on there twice. So it actually would move up a vote or two. So um, the first one is the Toyota MR2. Sporty looking little ride. Loved this car. Uh, Talk about it. My first car was a Geo Prism, uh, which was basically a Toyota Corolla. My which, second car, which was one, basically a moped with a car body. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, it was. It was. It was a auto, auto tragic, as I call it. It was a dog. But my second car after that one caught fire and burnt to the ground. I remember uh, that, and I mean burnt. There was nothing that wasn't metal left. I remember the uh, pictures? It was black. Yeah, it, it was a. Uh, my second car is a Toyota Tercel, but I always wanted the MR2. Mm-hmm. Um, so the MR2 uh, was manufactured globally up until 2007, actually. Started in 84. Do you know what MR2 stands for? Mr. 2. Mr. 2, correct. Is it really? <laughs> no. Uh, midship- Mr. Wrestling 2 was a cool wrestler in the 80s. I didn't know that. I've never heard of him. He was an older guy by the time I started watching him. Oh, he had okay. a white and black mask. and He had, he had like, a, a, a grandpa bod. Nice. He's kind of built like like a, a taller, maybe a little thinner Jim Penwell. <laughs> so, you guys don't know who that is. He had a, he had a pastel 
Mask. <laughs> yes. I'm just well, well, it's funny because like out of the ring, he kind of dressed like Sponge Jim Squarepants. That's so, funny. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm sorry. so talk to us about Mister Two. Mister Two stands for Midship Runabout Two Seater or Mid Engine Rear Wheel Drive Two Seater. I did not know that. I didn't either until I did a little research on these. I love the MR2 because it's rear-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time coming through the 80s, you got a bunch of those front-wheel drive, low-horsepower, fuel-economy, you know, geared, slush-box garbage cars. The MR2, actually, and when I talk about these cars, I only went for the best versions of them. Yes. For time's sake. Yeah, because some of some Nobody of Nobody cares Some about of these cars were awesome at one point. And then the car companies would start messing with them. I remember the Nova back in the 70s. Was oh, the man. bomb. But then they re- re- reintroduced it in like the 80, like 87, 88. And there there were like Yugos. Like K-Car. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what? Well, it's like Dodge brought a... back the, the, you know, when I heard they were coming back with the um, Avenger. Yeah. The old Dodge Avenger, pretty cool car. Sweet. New Dodge Avenger, it's a it's a decent ride. It's not, it's, it's you okay. know, it's not special. It's yeah. boring looking. It's four-door. But the... Uh, the MR2 was actually called the Toyota MR in French-speaking markets because, for some reason, MR2 in French is profanity. <laughs> Did not know that. <laughs> Leave it to the French. Yeah. But the, uh, you got and three... And they're always talk so dirty anyway. They do. And so they get offended by a car? Apparently. Please. Um, but you can get... The first gen was with the one that ran from 84 to 89. So it's more of the boxier-looking one than, you know, in the 90s, they kind of rounded it off and made it sleek. But you had three engine options. The best one was my favorite Toyota engine option of the day. It was a 4A GZE supercharged four-cylinder. You couldn't get that in the U.S. until 88. You know, what's what's funny to me is all of the detail that you know about these cars, but when I bring up Die Hard, you go, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I've been telling you for since so, you started this. I said when you get the cars, let me know. So the the funny thing is, like like Jason will will say, well, Randy, he won't be prepared. You know, you've heard him say that. Oh yeah, I don't care. And 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 it's like, well, yeah, he, he kind of is. If you get something, he knows yeah, what he's talking it's, it's about. Some, this is what I I mean. I grew up. Dad grew up working on cars. Um, we're rebuilding a '52 Chevy now. I drive. Here's something. I bet not one of your guests that you've had on, aside from me, has and drives. My only vehicle, besides my work van, is a 1982 Ford F100. Yes. I drive an 80s vehicle. And it's sweet. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to start fixing it up here uh, probably this fall. So, I'm not opposed to all things 80s. There's just certain things I like more. Yes. But, um... 80s cars, though, you, you do like. I do. Most of them. You dig them. Uh, but th- this was a great add to the list. The last point I have on this is that it had 145 horsepower, did 0 to 60 in 6.5, and ran a quarter mile in 15 seconds. So remember this when we talk about some of the later cars people voted for. That's actually a pretty quick car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the later version of the 90s were faster, but um, this one here was actually fast enough to fend off the Porsche 944s of that era. Yeah. Pretty impressive. So, yeah, I love this car. Yep. Next... The Honda CRX kind of reminds me of, you know, it was popular around the same era as the MR2, but made by Honda. So, yeah. what's uh, talk to us about this one. Yeah, I like the CRX. It had a few different engine options. The best was only the 1.6 liter, though, uh, which was 135 horsepower. Forget about torque. Yeah. Torque, they don't even mention when you look up the, the 80 CRX. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about torque. They don't talk about power. They talk about fuel economy. 
Um, this is kind of opposite. Even though it's only 10 less horsepower than the MR2, uh, it's way slower. It looks cool. I've seen people swap engines or work on these and have them stupid fast. But it's kind of a, this is not one of my favorites. It's front-wheel drive. You could have got it in a three-speed Auto Tragic or the five-speed manual. Mm -hmm. um, the best engine, the 1.6 liter VTEC, which came out in the later uh, 80s models, had 150 horsepower. But here's the thing. When I started Googling for the 14 or the quarter mile time, when I put in Honda CRX, I think I put in 1989 VTEC, Honda CRX quarter, and the first result was quarter panel. They weren't even talking about racing this thing. So performance-wise, this wasn't it. Even though it had uh, five more horsepower in the VTEC than the MR2 had, mm -hmm. it ran a 19.3 second quarter mile. That's wow. slower than my 92 Tercel. <laughs> it is a dog. Uh, my 92 Tercel stock had 82 horsepower. Jeez. It was yeah, faster I, than this thing. I remember the CRX being, you know, popular back in the day. I never did see the fascination. Like, yeah, I like think... The, the, the body style is just like, yeah, okay. It's not bad. It kind of looks wedgy, but it does look sport, sportier than some of the other 80s offerings when you're talking about a, a economical vehicle. This is, for my generation, we were getting cars... Parents were looking for old Civics. Right. It's the same thing. I think that I think the reason people voted for this was the nostalgia. Maybe they had this car for their first car. Maybe. Maybe their parents had this car. They remember learning to drive on it. But in and of itself, it's not really a fascinating car. No. I, I didn't like the way the back end slanted down and kind of... And then kind of like cut off. Flat, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the styling of them that much, but I have no interest in buying one. I don't want one. So... I don't know. It's okay. It's worth mentioning, I guess, but I would. I definitely didn't vote for this one. Yeah, no, me neither. So, um, our next car is the only Ford product that made this list. Now, I know you're a big Ford guy, and I will tell you, the Mustang hit its prime in the 60s and 70s, or early 70s. The mid-70s that I had, I had a 77 Mustang. They started falling off bad. They did. The Again, it's like, it's like, why didn't you keep this as a muscle car? Mm -hmm. But anyhow. Well, and then, well, I remember in the 80s, they started trying to make it more of a sportier car again. Yeah. And I think uh, Cynthia Hughes, a friend of mine, she had she had one. It was white. And nice ride. Yeah. But talk to us about this. Yeah, the Mustang, there's actually a ton we could talk about. I really tried to narrow it down because they came in so many different variants through the 80s. You get the four-cylinder, the four-cylinder turbo, V6, V8, automatic, five-speed. But this platform um, ran through the 80s, was called the Fox Body. It was actually developed for the Fairmont, uh, 78 Fairmont and the Mercury Zephyr. So Ford basically went, okay, we need to bring some life back to the Mustang name after that late 70s debacle we were talking about. Right. Because you're right, the, the Mustang, and here's the other thing, the... You, I don't call myself a Ford guy, because if I had to pick the top five cars, Ford doesn't have one of them. I have five cars I like better. But you than love Ford. Ford trucks. I love Ford trucks, but uh, that's because I don't like dudes. But the... <laughs> the that's not what I've heard. The Ford, well, I do, I do have a bench seat, so maybe we can cruise later. The Ford Mustang, though... I feel really scared about right now. ...is the only one... Well, you invited me to your basement, so... But shut up, Randy. So the cool thing about the Mustang on this list, out of all the ones that people voted for or added, 
it's the only one that's had a continual run through to today. Wow. So it started production in 64, started mark, hit the mark in 65, when you get the 64 and a half Mustang, which is very rare. Yeah. It's the only one. But awesome. Oh, very awesome. I love it. It's the only vehicle on this entire list, though, that is still around today and has had no brakes in it. In really? Yep. They didn't take a year or two off? Or, huh. Nope. That, that is way. fascinating. It I is. did not realize that. So I wonder how many other cars have had that kind of a, like, Cadillacs, but then there were different versions different, of Cadillacs. Yeah, different models. Well, yeah. with the resurgence of muscle cars coming in, where now we're seeing Dodge bringing out 800 horsepower Hellcat motors and dropping them in cool iconic cars like the Challenger, you know? Yeah. When the Mustang, uh, the the fifth gen Mustang came out and they did that retro styling, and I think when the manufacturers saw people were getting into the nostalgia of it. Yeah. But you can buy one, like you said, you want the creature comforts. Oh, yeah. If you're driving all day, you want to have cruise control, you want a comfortable seat, you want power. And when you're buying a car every four or five years, you want it to be a nice car. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... That, that resurgence, I mean, now we have the Camaro, but we didn't have the Camaro for a set of years. Right. We didn't have the Challenger, the Charger. The Charger, or any of those. Trans and I think it's gone. because Mustang went with that retro style, but the other ones went, yeah, you know, we've got these old car brands, and we used to make good cars once upon a time. Let's do it again. Yeah, and they're making great cars now. What I, what I keep seeing, I don't know if it's real or not, but I keep seeing prototypes and pictures of, uh, of Chevelle's. Yeah, that's like my first car was a 1967 Chevelle. 2021, they're Love supposed to be car. debuting it. Oh my goodness! That, From what I've read recently, I haven't it, bought a brand new car in years. I always usually get them when they're a couple years old, save a lot of money. But I might have to go through a midlife crisis and get me a new Chevelle when they well, come. Well, what out. you should do, give it about six months to a year. Mm-hmm. See how they perform. See how they perform. Yes. You, I always say you don't want the first model year. Yeah. In anything, whether you're, right. I don't care if you're a Toyota guy, Honda, Ford, Acura. Give give it some time, see how it does. Then work the bugs out. It, it, yeah, and if it doesn't have bugs, odds are you're going to find one used. Yeah, because people are going to jump on it. They'll lease them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but back to the Mustang, eighty two marked the return of the GT. So we're getting out of the crappiness of the seventies. Yep. It came with a five point liter engine. Hmm. So every time somebody says a Mustang five o, this is where it started. Yep. This is where they started getting back into the horsepower. Started getting back into that. Um, Wanting to perform, wanting to feel something when you drive. When the car got some testosterone back. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> uh, in 83, it brought back the convertible after a nine-year absence. In 84, came with the Mustang SVO, which featured a 2.3-liter turbocharged four-cylinder. So, some pretty cool stuff. The 5.0 V8 had 225 horsepower and 300 foot-pound of torque, which was good for a 15-second quarter mile. So, this Mustang... My dog is losing <laughs> his mind. Nuts. Like, so members only studios is actually in the basement of my house. I've got this section of it, you know, marked off with all my collectibles and things like that. And and right up above is our um, like entry. Yeah, yeah. There's like an entryway mm-hmm. and it like this big open concept plan in our house. And for some reason, the dog has lost his mind. So if you guys heard bird calls a few weeks ago, Jackson, that dog that was singing along, so he is uh, he's up there barking at the wind or the mailman or something. Right. So, so yeah, the, the Mustang's good for 15-cent quarter mile, which if you remember, that's what that little Toyota MR2 ran with a four-cylinder. Right. 
that's why I love the MR2 so much. It's yeah. so underrated. Right. I think the MR2 should have been higher on this list, but that's just me. Well, I don't think all these people are car guys. Like, no. Like our next one here. Are we ready for the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Our next one was suggested by Jason Peitzmeyer, Lamborghini Countach. Uh, yes. Which I, I don't see Jason as a as a um, as a car guy. I see him as a chewing the fat podcast with his buddies and like slurping the top of a Coke can. He's definitely playing like Dungeons and Dragons or something. He is. He is. Yeah. He is not. And you cannot fit a little scooter and boot inside of a Lamborghini. No, you can't. It's so impossible. you can't drive it until you're healed. <laughs> yes. But but like me, I voted for it too. It's iconic. And I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so I will I, I will side with him there. I'm not a car guy, but man, it's a sweet ride. It's very sweet. Uh, it's, it's commonly mispronounced. In America, most people say uh, Countach. Uh-huh. It's actually Countach. Is it really? It is. Or if you're from Which Grove, kind of makes it sort of like a Kentuckian thing. It, exactly. I was going to say, if you're from Grove Tuck, it's Coon Tuck. You know what? But, you're not from here. You can't say that. Oh, dude, I'm south of 70. I'm in hillbilly heaven. Like, I'm down in the slums. <laughs> you, are, you are in Circleville. <laughs> it is It is. Which there's not no, good. No pumpkin show this year. No. No pumpkin show, man. People were fired up. By, I think it was more disappointment. I didn't see many people angry. The public pages in Circleville on mm-hmm. Facebook are hilarious. Yeah. Um. I've got a funny story I could tell you, but it might take too much time involving somebody. Okay, I'm gonna have sidebar because it's hilarious. It's, it's worth okay. It. It's us. There's some. There's an article that uh, the Cyber Post posted about a man coming out of a woman's bathroom in Walmart in a not in Pickway County, but in a Southern County. Yeah. Everybody in Circleville felt they needed to add their two cents, and some lady put, "He needs to be taken out to the shed." You know what? What are we? What are we doing these days? This never used to happen. He needs to be taken out to the shed. So I replied, well, what's it mean to be taken to the shed? Just to see what I'd get. Yeah. Somebody else jumped in and said, that means they should take him out back and shoot him. And then somebody else replied, no, that means take him out and just whoop his butt, you know. And all these people replied. So I said, well, man, I, I was thinking about getting a shed because my buddy's got a nice one. But if that's what happens, I don't want one. <laughs> just totally dumb, right? Yeah. And this other lady starts getting on and she said... Um, well, we can't have this stuff going on. This never used to happen. It's all Obama's fault. So, okay. yeah, apparently, apparently, I, I guess she's trying so to stay back to using whatever bathroom you could use. I could blame and, him for a lot, but the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. So, once she did that, I said, okay, well, help me out. I, I said, I definitely don't want to shed now because everything that happens in there sounds just tragic. <laughs> but I need to know who's for sheds because I got to vote November. So, should I vote for Trump or Obama? Obama's not even on the t- like. There's not even a chance him running, and people took me serious, and they're like, "You're so dumb. You do- Obama's not even able to run. Why would you vote for him anyway?" He is actually able to run, dude. It, you not can, as president. Yeah, yeah, you can as long as you're you you can do your two terms and then like do two more like as long as they aren't all consecutive. I thought it was two max. Hmm, maybe you are. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Either way, maybe we need to go out to the shed. We need to. But it was just so funny. I don't funny think I want to shed. Yeah. I said I don't think I want to shed. That sounds terrible. That's back funny. to the, the Lamborghini. No, no. Wait a second. Before we go there, that that <laughs> whole conversation cracks me up because you know if I'm at Speedway and the men's bathroom's locked and I got to pee. Oh, I get women's. I'm like, I don't care. I'll self-identify as whatever I need to if I can <laughs> yeah. get some relief here. Yeah, especially so. if I've been on the road for work. for I've been driving for three hours. Oh, yeah. And they look the same, except the women's are always cleaner and there's never pee on the seats. 
Usually. Usually, yeah. <laughs> On one that's maintained. Because, because before you were there, another guy came out. <laughs> Did the same thing. Yeah, so. I'm sorry. Carry on. No, you're fine. Uh, the Lamborghini, the one that most people think of is the 5000 QV, which uh, stands for Quattro Vavoli. Huh. I learned Italian. I thought it would be quality and value. You you would think that. Think? Nope. It talks about how many valves per cylinder. Four. Quattro. Got it. Um, but it, this this came to the U.S. in 85. The original price was 145000 Chump change. Which in today's money, I thought it'd be a lot higher. It says about 172000 Wow. So not as big of a jump there as I imagined. Well, heck, man. And that's just got inflation. Like, that's not what used ones are Well, well that's not so. Because like, back then, you can get like a nice pair of like Nike Legend basketball shoes for like 30 bucks, Yeah. Which was like maxed out. Now these are like $200 shoes. So I yeah. would think cars would probably triple or something. It's a lot due. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't well. know. Uh, but this had... A 449 horsepower, highest we've mentioned yet. Yeah. V12, 369 foot-pound of torque, and it did the quarter mile in 12.4 seconds. Gee whiz. That is, I, I've ridden in cars from 9 to 12 second quarter mile cars. 12 seconds is booking. A lot of people yeah. say, oh, it's not fast. Booking, that's like a 70 it's word. Bu- is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was raised by old people, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was raised by old In the wild. <laughs> I was raised by bears. But... The the twelve second quarter mile was something that we used to strive for growing up, like building our little crappy cars. But even my buddies that had Formula Firebirds and Mustangs, they were all trying to get that twelve second quarter mile. And then get, if you got under twelves, you ruled the streets. Mm-hmm. So the Lambo was doing that in eighty five. That's impressive until you think today you can go get you a new Challenger, a new Mustang. There are models out there that do elevens and twelves bone stock. With air conditioner on, so it's like, <laughs> but for eighty five, that's impressive. This is a great car. It's not really a realistic one. I, I don't know of many people that have right. Lamborghini money. Yeah, this is kind of one of those cars you kind of look at from afar, like the Batmobile. Yeah, I've like got, ooh, I want a Batmobile. I did a lot of research on the Batmobile too. I learned a lot about it. Because <laughs> we were originally going to talk about movie TV cars. Yeah, then you change it last like second. That. I'm like, I'm like, like, you know what? <laughs> let's let's do this. We'll save that topic for another day. So. Yeah, the, the thing with the Lamborghinis, I remember having a poster of one on my wall. I call them poster cars. Yeah. You're never, oh, you yeah. always want one, you're never going to own it. Now that I'm yeah, older, I, I see, even... like, these Porsches, which I'm surprised, like, the Porsche 944 wasn't on here, because yeah. that, was, that was the car everybody yeah. talked about. Iconic car. Yeah. Even to this day, people are trying to buy them back now. Yep. And you can actually get them pretty cheap, so. But, yeah, Lamborghini, very cool car. Nice. I think it's right where it needs to be on this list. I think it deserves a mention, but it's not... Not something I put at the top of my list. No, me neither, but they're they're awful sweet. When I drive down the street, the people all gather around. And they gaze in wide wonder at the car I have found. 200 horsepower, no time for crow. They can tell right away that it's bad to the bone. Buick Regal Grand National Coupe. Bad. Wouldn't you really rather have a Buick? Next, we've got the Buick Grand National. This is my pick. Is it this really? This is the only one I voted for, hands down. If I could pick one 80s car, it would be a Buick Grand National. Hopefully a GNX. Um, so, and I remember the Grand National. They look kind of sweet. Sort of look like Monte Carlos. Yep. So, and I remember, like, they were known as a muscle car back then. Mm-hmm. So, what is it about this car... That's so high on your personal list, and like what differentiates it? Well, 
we'll talk about differentials when that, when however the conversation goes. But like, what makes the Grand National? So Why does awesome? this stand out? Yeah, the biggest reason you're right. It looks like the Monte Carlo. It's a G body. So all of these um, G body cars: the Buick Regal, like, Regal Chevy Malibu, Olds Cutlass. G is in GM. Yeah, well, say, it's see that. It's just a model name. It's kind of like saying the Fox body Mustang is a style of that era Mustang. Okay, the 80s gotcha. Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, the G body is that one. The Monte Carlos, the Regal, they all looked kind of the same. They right. had little differences. When the Grand National first came out, it was actually just called the Regal Grand National. It was just a variant of the Regal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the way it stands out for me is this was purposely designed to crush Corvettes. Really? This car... With like, down twin- the hall from the designers with the Corvette designers who yeah, thought this, they were yeah, sweet. This, was, this yeah. was designed to be the best cars of the day. Mm-hmm. It was designed to be faster, lighter... Meaner, and what I love about it, why it stands apart for me, is it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Most people that see them don't really know what they are if they're not car guys. Yeah, like if one passed by your house and you didn't know anything, you go, "Oh, that's an '80s car." Mm-hmm. It looks like a Monte Carlo. Most yeah. people call them Monte Carlos. Yeah, but the Grand National stood apart because it had a twin turbo V6, the 3.8 liter V6, where most of these muscle cars of the '80s, you want power, you got to have a V8. There's no replacement for displacement. You've got to have a big engine, five zero, five point seven. You've got to have, you know, where Chevy and, and guys. When he says V eight, he doesn't mean that tomato juice little drink, <laughs> right? It's an engine. I prefer V eight splash, less spicy. Yeah, uh, me too. It's a little <laughs> fruity to it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the uh, yeah, so I, I like this because it was just designed to upset everything. Mm-hmm. It was different, and to me, well, you know me, I like different things. That's why I drive an old truck. You don't see them every day. Yep. I could sell my truck and go get a car payment if I wanted to. I can afford a newer truck, but I like my old truck. Yeah. You know, so I like the, the Grand National because you don't see them. Nobody knows what they are. They're total sleepers. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I've always thought they were nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very nice. Um, but they don't really sound loud compared to the Monte Carlo SS, which we'll talk about later, and some of these other, uh, you know, the Camaros, the Trans Ams, um, yep. all that. So uh, why I love this, though, Buick won the Manufacturer's Cup in 81 and 82, and they wanted to capitalize on its success. They said, what wins on Sunday sells on Monday. So they're going after car guys, race fans. Yeah. So it was named after the NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Series. That's where the name I comes from. I did not realize yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so when it originally came out, uh, the Regal Grand National was not painted black. Most people know Grand Nationals are black. It's black. i never seen one any... I think I, I, think I saw... I think I've seen some red ones. Yeah. Yep. There, there are other variants out there. There's also the Buick T-Type, which mm-hmm. shares the, everything with the Grand National. Right. So you can get the T-Type in various colors, too, and it looks just like a Grand National for the most part. There's very few differences. Gotcha. Um, but to, just to run through stuff fast, in 84, uh, they, they took a break. In 83, they didn't make a Grand National variant. In 84, it came back as the Grand National, all black. So that's probably why. There's really only one year that the actual Grand National was not black. Okay. Um, but it had that turbo V6, 200 horsepower, 300 foot-pound of torque. That's a lot of torque compared to how much horsepower. It's because of those twin turbos. I love everything boosted. Right. Um, and at that point, it ran a 15.2 quarter mile, which you'll remember. The Mustang ran a 15 to 15.2. All these V8s are running about that. Uh, it got modified in 86, bumped up to 235 horsepower for the final year in 87, they did a limited production GNX, which stood for Grand National Experimental. 
and it sold for only $29,900, which was more back then. But yes. <laughs> that's still a great deal. Um, it's made in partnership with a few companies. They only produced 547 GNXs. Um, they were actually sent off to McLaren to be upgraded to a GNX. If you know anything about cars, you might recognize the name McLaren. It's a supercar manufacturer now. Okay. So, uh, this is also interesting. I just learned this, and this ties right into your 80s podcast. The stealthy appearance of an all-black GNX in Grand National and the resemblance of its grill to his helmet's mouthpiece, coupled with the fact that Grand National was in initially... Released during the popularity of Star Wars movies, it earned the title Death Vader's Car. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. Um, so Car and Driver did uh, a run of that ad where it just had a really cool picture of it and said, Lord Vader, your car is ready. <laughs> um, but the final variant of this did the quarter mile in 13.5 seconds. So now you've got that big boxy car almost as fast as that Lamborghini we just talked about with the V12. Cool. Half the cylinders. That's why I love this car. Nice. It's just, it's just, it's just all around. Ooze is cool to me. Ooze is cool. It does. Cool. I love it. Absolutely. Love it. This is my favorite car. I voted for it. This should be on top of the list. All right. In my opinion. In your list, it is there. In my list, it has definitely moved up a lot. Just, it's, beca- it's just because really cool. of the things I've learned about it today. So that's really cool. I've got to drive one, and that when I drove one, I went, yeah, I, I was right in what I thought. <laughs> so ever since I drove one of them, I've wanted one. Gotcha. All right, uh, the next car, before we get into the top five, um, <laughs> kind of funny this shows up here, is the Chevy Chevette. In my Chevette. Dun, dun, dun. I, every time somebody mentions that, because of you, I send them a clip of that song. <laughs> There's, I think, one on YouTube, and I'll send it to them. So those of you guys don't know, um, Audio Adrenaline did a song called My Chevette. Yes. No AC, no FM. It's my Chevette. Talking <laughs> right. about being a young kid riding in the back of a Chevette, which my uh, my my best friend growing up, um, well, David and Art were my best friends, but David, his mom had this red Chevette, and like they had four kids, so like we would hang out with them, and then like she would take us places, and we're all jammed inside this Chevette. So I know exactly what. What goes through a person's mind when they're in the back of a Chevette? I've I know been too. In the back of a Chevette <laughs> because uh, we used to get babysat by uh, Cheryl Day. Yeah, and Tracy had a Chevette, and sometimes Kevin and Tracy's and I, like seven foot ten. He is, and Brett and Alan and Kevin and I would be in the back of that thing. So that's hilarious. I, I fully could, understand. Could you see this now, dude? Like, that you four back there because like and Kevin ain't fitting in, the, in a Chevette. Yeah, Ke- Kevin and, and Randy aren't real slender boys at all, and Alan is, but he's <laughs> yeah. like six. Three yeah, probably. Brett's about six three, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's a little husky boy too. Um, I'm six one and just fat. <laughs> like that would be hilarious. Yeah. Okay, carry uh, on. But <laughs> there's not much to say about him. I don't know. This is what I was talking about when I said I think people are just voting out of the nostalgia. Maybe this was their first car. Maybe stories like we have. Yeah, because the car sucks. Well, it does. Yeah, I, I remember when it was released. It was in the mid seventies. It's all about fuel economy. Yeah, it was, and they they really wanted to create a Chevy. Wanted to create a car that that was uh, very, you know, like Randy said, fuel economic. Um, a lot of people were transported. It was designed to be a you know going to and from work car yep. during the energy crisis. Gas prices were up. They wanted to create something American that was fuel efficient 
And so they came up with a Chevette. It, there was no frills, no, no AC, no FM. <laughs> it was a, um, it was, it, it was a Chevette. Like it was a car. You know what? It, it, it's kind of like the car. It's like the adult version of a bicycle. You ride your bicycle to get to school. You drive this to get to work. That's it. Yeah. You park it. Actually, along. the bike you probably have more fun on than a Chevette. <laughs> oh, for sure. Now I've seen a Chevette is actually a decent platform. I've seen people drop three fifty V eight in them. But we're talking stock here is what I'm going with. Yeah. I'm not going with what you can do to a car. And the Chevette is one of those ones that it, it's kind of funny. When I was researching, I actually laughed because your engine options were 1.4, 1.6, or 1.8 liter. So very small four cylinders. Yeah. You can get a three-speed automatic, which is mind-boggling that those ever <laughs> put anything because they're trash. Uh, the four-speed Saginaw. Or the five-speed Borg Warner T5 transmission, which car guys might remember the name Borg Warner. That's actually not a bad transmission. Yeah. But what was funny about this when I looked it up, the best engine option I found was a 1.6 liter high output engine. I didn't know they did a high output Chevette. How many horsepower do you think it had, Rob? Three. <laughs> Close. Seventy-four. <laughs> Seventy-four horsepower. It went. Uh, eighteen point well, seven in the Okay, mile. so in contrast, a Grand National has how many horsepower? Uh, the Grand National, um, the last one had two hundred thirty-five versus seventy-four. Versus seventy-four. Wonder who'd win that race? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thirteen second quarter mile versus almost nineteen second quarter mile. And I literally put <laughs> as one of my notes, blah, blah. It's just boxy. It's ugly. Now I, I like modified ones i would take yes one and swap a v8 i, ha- I, have I seen, think it'd be fun yes i've it's... seen some modified ones and i think that like there are clubs of people that that modify chevettes and race them you know, oh yeah light body yeah uh there's some things you can do you can do a lot and, which with is them. funny with all of these cars that get re-released these days i why doesn't chevy just make a new chevette that's, but that's not about but idea. just only use the name but make it make it a fuel maybe a fuel efficient car maybe well they could take put one a little of their, zip to it yeah they could do a, a single turbo four cylinder these days you can do that and put out a couple hundred horsepower yeah that'd be decent in a, in a hatchback wow make it lightweight no frills I mean you have power windows you'd want AC but yeah pretty basic and just yeah. send it and I yeah. think people would well I mean, for the right price if, if that'd be a fun if, car if they can do something that competed with like the Toyota Corolla yeah the which Corolla's kind of yeah, it's a commuter car. There's nothing it special is. about it, right? But at the same time, they're very, very reliable. They are very efficient. They're nimble. Uh, they're not bad looking. They're no. not bad looking cars. Um, you know what? Which I think when the Chevette first came out, it was kind of marketed toward the people that were considering because the Corollas were were just starting to, and the Honda Civics, those yeah. those were starting to starting kind make of their popularity. way here. Yeah. And uh, I, I think they wanted to have something that would compete with that, but those cars were built so much better. Yeah. And I think Chevy missed missed the boat, but they sold a ton of them. Well, I had a Chevette at I, one point. I, it, it was cheap transportation. Yeah. It's, it's not bad in, in what they did. It's just as a car, if if we're talking, if I'm going to write down my favorite car of the '80s, it's not going to be a Chevette. <laughs> it's just, it's not bad for what it was. Yeah, I but had... it's still bad. I had a an eighty three Chevette and it was probably uh eighty nine, ninety, ninety one that I had it and I used it only to drive to and from work. Now the person that had had it before me had bought it brand new and she had taken very good care of it. So when I got it it was like yeah, it's like a new yeah. Chevette. And it was you know, it was reliable. I had no problems with it. 
but I would not have um, wanted to go on a long road trip with it. <laughs> I would not have raced it, and I certainly would not have liked, loved it on a hot summer day, which a lot of times I would drive it to and from the place I yeah. used to work at, and uh, with the windows rolled down, I couldn't wait to get home. So Yeah, my old roommate Andy bought an 83 Chevette um, in the early 2000s, and it was a pile, man. It ran, and it did have that Borg Warner T5 transmission, Mm-hmm. But it was dog slow, crank windows, no AC. He took a sawzall and cut a hole in the roof for a sunroof. And then went to his grandpa's hardware store and bought plexiglass and like some rubber press-on weather strip stuff. To Made make his it own sunroof. sunroof. That's awesome. That leaked all the time, of course. <laughs> uh, and actually, he was driving with it on one day. And it, we heard it crack and look up and it had like snapped in half. And uh-huh. then got yanked off the roof. Oh, jeez. So... We spray painted 13 on the sides, gave it a Honda emblem on the back, racing stripes. I, saw, I think I remember that car, did. yes. It was such a pile, but it, it, That's it ran. Nice. All right, so that is our 11 through 6. We're going to take a break real quick, and uh, we're going to be back with the top five. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Pontiac Fiero, North America's only mid-engine, two-passenger production car. One of the ten best cars of 1984, says Car and Driver magazine. Fiero, fuel-injected, economical, and only from Pontiac. Pontiac builds excitement. Number five. Number five is the the one car I think that is most associated with the eighties in retrospect would be the DeLorean. Yes, on this list, one of two. Yes, I would. I would I'll talk about it later. The DeLorean is definitely quintessential eighties. Yes. Um, well, because of Back to the Future, it of is. course. It was made only in the 80s. Right. It was part of a a trilogy, the best trilogy of all time, in my opinion. Yes. As far as a trilogy goes, front to back, it's my favorite. Absolutely agree. Yeah, there's there. I, I can't think of another. Not one. only for the nostalgia. No, it, I, I think. But the way that the story's constructed. Yeah, I think it's you just get a beginning great. and you get an end. Boom! I love it. Do um, we get an end? Ooh. Ah. Bum bum bum. Huck started doing that. I don't know where he got it from, but like <laughs> I stubbed man. my toe the other day. And I was trying to be quiet because Beth and Jennifer were napping. I walked around the corner and just cracked my toe on the like corner of the wall. And I'm like, oh! And he just looked at me and went, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> like, Shut up! You have created this young oh, offspring. He is, yeah, he's something else. He's his father's son. Um, so the DeLorean actually had a model name. Do you Did know it? the model name? I don't. Nobody does. It is the DMC-12. So if I you remember were, the DMC logo on the yeah. car. I don't remember the 12. Yeah, so DMC is DeLorean Motor Company. Um, it was in production from 81 to 82, but the model years are 81 to 83. Uh, it became widely known for its disappointing lack of power and performance. Huh. 
everybody I've talked to, I've seen these in the wild. I've seen McCarthy shoes. I talked to them. Guys that have left them stock. So yeah, they they aren't great to drive. They're just there's no power. Mm-hmm. The handling's kind of trash. I kind of remember. There's a lot of production being... issues stuff happening. You know, in, in uh, that overseas, but it didn't match the expectations. That with the look, it looked very futuristic. Right. People got in it, hit the gas pedal, and it performed like a Chevette. Now, <laughs> now, kind of a... now I, I don't want to... You may have this information already, but John DeLorean that created it, like, this was... I mean, this was not a GM, a Ford, a Chrysler product. This was, like, the DeLorean. Like, he's the only guy. Yes. Wasn't, didn't he come from GM or someplace? Uh, yeah, he, he was... I think it was GM. I, I don't have all of it here, because, like I said, I tried to shorten all my facts for time's sake. Mm-hmm. But I love the car because somebody said, I want to do my own thing, and he set out and he did it. Right. That's really hard to do. Right. Had he not gotten all the trouble that he did, it might have made it. But the big problem was it just underperformed. Yeah. Maybe if he would have had some like some uh, some more time to improve it, it may have got better over the years. But Yeah. yeah it's had, it had tons of problems and issues. But it's a time machine. That's the thing. It, it was a complete dog sled, but... I even put in here, it's only remembered because of Back to the Future. I yeah. think if it wasn't for... It's, it's kind of like the one-hit wonders you've covered. Right. They didn't have that one hit. Nobody knew who they were. Exactly. They had one hit, they were flashing pan, they're gone. This is I'm a looking at you, Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. I've heard of them. Come on, Eileen. I, I, like I said, I've heard of them. But Randy. Just like... The, this is why you don't come on during music episodes. That's fine. You're a musician. Okay with that. This is not going to come on here during music episodes. I, I don't on, know. That would be kind of fun. I could just come on and play along with 80 songs for you. You could. That'd be fine. I'll just probably grab my bass. Probably be pretty easy too, wouldn't it? Probably. Most, most, most 80s stuff's pretty <laughs> easy. It's like it's like 90 Southern Gospel. It's like three notes. <laughs> uh, but the DeLorean's so cool, but it's only cool, and I think the only reason it's on this list is because of the movie. Right. So, and, and I was talking to some buddies about this list, some of my car friends, uh, and I have this chat group, and I was telling them what was on the list. And <laughs> one of them, Said the DeLorean. I said if if we are talking cars and all their abilities, like the Batmobile, yes, which the Batmobile is actually just a Chevy Caprice underneath, nothing spectacular really, except for the 1966 Batmobile, right. which is a 1955 Ford Futura. But I digress. We only talk 80s here, Rob. I know. So, uh, <laughs> but that's my favorite car of all time. It's an amazing one. I've seen one at the cruisings in uh, Circleville. Nice. Um, but the DeLorean, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. you're talking Kit you're from Night Rider. Yeah. I would take the DeLorean. Anybody that doesn't take the DeLorean is kind of dumb. Time yeah. travel beats everything else any other vehicle It does, do. it does. Even if it, if it <clears throat> doesn't have the best, you know, mobility and, right. and, you know, can't do the zero to 60 in 10 minutes, that's okay. It does it in 9.6 but, seconds. Yeah, I remember when the car was out, I, I loved them because, well... Like, I had seen them out. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever ridden in one. I sat in one once. But I do remember that stainless steel body. Yep. And I do, and the way the the doors would open upward versus yep, you know, outward. Yep, the doors. Yeah, so those were cool. And it, like you said, it did look very futuristic. So I kind of I kind of dug the car itself. Again, it was, the appearance was good. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe not the greatest car. No, I, I definitely dig, dig it. I love the movies. But if we're talking... Just the car itself, just a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a V6 with a, only 130 horsepower. 
and the quarter mile was 17.9 seconds. You're talking hot of CRX performance. Yeah. With a V6. So it's just not impressive. Um, do you think, do you think it, was, it was slower like that because of the weight of the body? I don't know. Well, the it's an underpowered engine. Yeah. The weight of the body, the transmission, it was just a bad combo. It definitely needed more power. It needed a better drive train. The body was very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I learned, though, while researching. There were six chassis used during the production of Back to the Future. One was manufactured out of fiberglass for the scenes where a full-size DeLorean was needed to fly on screen. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Now I do. So, yep. Only three of the cars still exist, too, that were in the movies. Really? Yep. I sat in one. The nice. one I sat in was, it was a, a, a customer of mine. He had the, uh, he had a 19, the the Batmobile that was used in the Michael Keaton Batman movies in the same um, same place where the DeLorean was. So, I got, nice. to, got to kind of see those up close and in person, kind of hang out. I think there's a picture somewhere on Facebook or someplace of me in the DeLorean. Like, that's appropriate. Yeah. Like, I should be in a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Anything else on the DeLorean? No, I mean, there's more, but that's about all I got. Okay. Number four. Number four is a car that I wanted in the 80s. Not enough to actually go and make the sacrifices to buy it, but I wanted it. Uh, the Fiero. Yeah. Which, to me, like, when you're talking 80s cars, like, this one definitely stands out to me as, like, the realistic 80s car that I could have had. Well, it was kind of, that's exactly kind of what they were going for, right? They Mm -hmm. were looking at the Mustangs, the Camaros, the Corvettes. They were making something that was more attainable. Right. More affordable. So... The Fiero, uh, which ran from 84 to 88, is that car. And I'm with you. I love everything about these stupid little cars. And yeah. I don't know why. Everybody knows all they cease production because they used to catch fire and all. Yeah, That's all anybody knows about them. Which is ironic, given the name Fiero, that they caught fire. Um, I never knew much about these until my buddy Buck a couple years ago bought one for $800. And last night he ran a 12.1 second quarter mile with this thing. Wow. He swapped in a supercharged 3.8 GM motor, much like the 3.8 we talked about in the turbocharged Grand National. Wow. And he went to trails last night, sent me a picture of his time slip, 12.1 in a Fiero. Wow. That's Lamborghini Countach times. So, did it, now, you said he's got this Fiero. Like, is the body look sweet and polished and everything, or is it kind of like a beat-up sled? He did. With a sweet No, it, his body looks great. He painted it all himself. Yeah. And he used barbecue grill paint he paid 70 bucks for in a actual paint gun, a real paint yeah. setup. 70 bucks for the paint, painted it himself, and he said last night there were a bunch of kids asking how much he, who did his paint job and how much people paid for it. Wow. And uh, the funny thing is he, he had to cut a hole in the vent for better airflow. It, it's an issue with the headlights popping up. Yeah. If you get a Fiero, if you can get one over 100, yeah. the headlights will pop up, maybe break. Or, yeah. So to remedy that, a lot of guys will put a grill... You know, an open air inta- or air duct in the hood, which is the trunk. It's a rear-engine car. Right. So he did that, and then our buddy Derek, who owns Smokeout Barbecue, the, the food truck, always, I'm wearing their shirt now. Shout out. Realize. Shout out. Um, best brisket I've ever had, hands down. Really? Oh, by far. You would love it. But 
he had an old grill, so Buck took that, cleaned it up, painted it, and it's literally a grill, mesh grill part in this whole this hood nice. of his barbecue grill painted uh, Fiero. And I love that stupid car. It, like, it's just so cool to me yeah. that he bought an $800 car. He put money into it, and it's not stock, but yeah. he drives around in it, and people look at it and go, oh, it's loud. And he said people try to race him all the time, and he just smokes them. It's like, see ya. Yeah. But, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so, again, I'm, I'm only taking the best version of this car because there were different engines. Yeah. The best uh, is the, the 88. The, yeah, the later years. The, the later years looked way more sleek. They weren't as boxy. Yeah. Um, the earlier years were boxy like the old MR2s we talked about. Right. Uh, but the 88 GT is, like, the one that is hard to find these days. When you do, it's either complete crap or it's... They're they're literally getting twenty grand for them. Wow, which is insane to me. Yes, but uh, it came with a hundred and thirty five horsepower uh, engine V six, and it only ran sixteen five in the quarter mile, so it wasn't fast really. Right, it just looked nice. But yeah, it looked cool. It yeah. looked sporty, which is which is the, the case of a lot of eighties cars. They exactly. looked a lot better than they were. Yeah, yep. yeah. But uh, the eighty eight, the reason the eighty eight so cool isn't just the engine. Um, it's the styling. It got a new suspension design. Um, most people thought it was from Lotus, but it was actually uh, never a Lotus design. Pontiac Engineers did it, and it was so good that people thought they bought it from Lotus Yeah, to use, which if you know anything about Lotus is one of those cars that not many people know about. They're very sporty, little rear-wheel drive two-seaters. Uh, I think Heath Ackley had one for a while, actually. Did he? Yeah. Very cool cars. Um but 88 marked the end of the production year for the Fieros. Uh, all the improvements they did with suspension, brakes, steering, and all that um, took the car way past where it was in 84. One of the reasons it was ceased was some of the issues, but another one was they were actually losing Corvette sales at GM because the Fieros were so cheap. They yeah. looked so cool. Now, they yeah. didn't perform like Corvettes. It's not like the Corvette would have died off if the Fieros yeah. stayed. But, did you know that they actually did a prototype for a 1990 Fiero and almost brought it back? Really? You should Google it because the 1990 Fiero looks so 90s cool. Wow. It looks amazing. Absolutely love it. Uh, but, much of the design um, in the 4th Gen is apparent in the 4th Gen Firebird. Uh, so, the new engines for this 90 model year was going to actually bump it up to a 190 horsepower quad 4. Oh, I'm looking at that prototype right now. It is sweet. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And they were going to put in a 200-plus horsepower V6. Uh, but here's what really would have got me. They talked about putting in a 3.8-liter Buick Turbo V6, same engine as the Grand National, into the Fiero. Wow. That would have been incredible. Well, speaking of cars, they could be bringing back. Oh, yeah. That's a good that one. That would be a great one. Imagine bringing that back with a twin-turbo V6. That'd wow. be incredible. Jeez. So I love the Fiero. I think it's it deserves a high spot on this list. You know what I liked about the Fiero? What's that? I liked the headrest had speakers in it. So futuristic. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like so eighties futuristic. I had, I had right? a couple friends that had Fieros, and I used to love riding in them. They're so cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So yeah, Fiero, gone but not forgotten. Right. Number three. Number three is another car that I wish that I owned back in the day. Um, this car has a very long and storied history. Uh, the Camaro. Yes, specifically the third generation Camaro. Okay. 
Well, the second generation ran into the 80s, but you, I guarantee you, are picturing the third generation. The boxier. No, no I'm actually picturing the, the like the 1968 Camaro. Well, that's those, the first gen. Yeah. I had a friend that had one of those. It was like, in the mid-80s, it was like in cherry mint, beautiful condition. It was blue with the white racing stripes down the middle of the hood. And, Hopefully he kept oh that. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think he sold it for a whole lot of money. Okay, I was going to so say. good for him. Yeah. <laughs> either, either keep it or sell for a lot, because those are worth... Quite a pretty Those are worth today. a fortune. Yeah. But yeah, I remember the '80s Camaros very well. I had you know a few friends that had them. Those were nice rides, as yeah. I remember, pretty fast. Yeah, I've got a uh, a buddy that's got me. In, I've been looking for one of these for about six months now. Actually, okay. Um, the the third gen Camaro ran from '82 to '92, uh, but this was the car my uncle Kevin was saving up for when he got hit head on and passed away in '86. Not to bring that. it down. No, I, I remember but when this that is something happened. that. Very sad. Yeah, it was a sad moment, but I've always wanted one because he never got his. Right. Um, so growing up, I had a buddy in high school that had a 92 25th anniversary, but it was an automatic V6. Clean, yeah. cool looking car. Right. But I wanted an 87 blue IROC Z. Yes. The IROC Z. I remember like, when the IROC came out. Yeah. Yes. So the, the Camaro. So, I was, was going to ask you, where did the IROC name came from? From, do you know? Um, yeah. You know, I might show some worth here. Go on. Say, carry Google on. I'll find that. it out. Because I thought I had that here, but I don't, and I forget. And my buddy Matt, if he's listening, is going to yell at me. How do you not know that? Yeah, it's like, I race orange cars. Zebra, or something. <laughs> uh, but this Camaro was the first to offer the modern fuel injection. So getting away from the carburetors. Uh, had also the... IROC stands uh, for International Race of Champions. Of Champions. That's the one I couldn't get. There it is. Um, it had the Turbo Hydromatic, which sounds like something out of Greece. It's <laughs> Hydromatic. Boom. 700 R4 four-speed uh, automatic transmission. So this was a more advanced automatic. So now we're getting into, we want to make put down some power. Um, it also had the five-speed manual. Uh, the IROC Z was introduced in 85. And continue through 90. Okay. So that was the one to have. That's the one I'm going to talk about. Sure. Nobody, I shouldn't say nobody. I don't care as much for the crappier versions of all these cars. Right. Um, some of them only have crappy versions. But yes. <laughs> but when you think cool cars, you want to talk about the cool cars. Oh, yeah. The Camaro is one of the coolest cars of the 80s. Sure. Uh, and, and again, you said I'm a Ford guy. I, I, I guess I'm more of a car guy. I like Ford trucks because I want one of these Camaros. Yeah. Um, I always have. The uh, convertible came back in 87. They hadn't had a convertible since the 69. So that was kind of a big deal. None of the second gens were convertibles. Um, But beginning in 88, the 1LE performance package was introduced. Uh, The 1989 IROC-Z had that 5.7 liter I mentioned earlier, V8. 230 horsepower, 330 foot-pound of torque. And it ran the quarter mile in 15 seconds. So it was right on par with the Mustang. Right. Which it was competing against. Sure. So, uh, but again, that Grand National beats both of these. Yes. By far. The Grand, Nash, the Grand National being more of the the car guy version of a sweet car. The Camaro is the, this is a sweet car, maybe you could help me pick up chicks. Oh, absolutely. Car. Yeah. And I can imagine, you went to high school in the 80s, um, I bet this would be, a, a Camaro was probably a cool car to have in the 80s. Kind of like you had a Mustang, even though it wasn't. Oh yeah. Looking back now, yeah. it, it's not as cool as you probably thought it was. Yeah. Well, it's funny looking at my old Mustang from you know, 77, 78, whatever, whatever year it was. Uh, 
was only a Mustang in name only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was basically a Chevette. Yeah, so Camaro, I think I think this definitely deserves a high spot on the list. Um, I only voted for one, even though I know I could have voted for multiple. This is my second favorite on this okay. list. Uh, it's nostalgic to me. I've got memories of my... It makes me think of my uncle. Right. You know, so... I love it for sentimental reasons, but it's also a really good car, especially if you can get an IROP. The problem is, like I said, I've been looking for six months. The mint ones are going for way too much money, and in the last probably year to three, these have skyrocketed. So a non-running, rusted-out one that just needs totally redone. People you are could getting, do. I could, but it's going to take a lot of time and money. Right. I'd want to buy somebody, like my truck's kind of rusty, but I can drive it. Right. But these things are pulling in like three grand. Yeah. Not running, rusted out. So it's it's still a very popular car. And I think, again, I think guys that grew up in the 80s, maybe had Camaros, they're getting a little older now. Yeah. They're trying to get back to, they've got their nice Acura they love to drive. Yeah. But they want a toy now and they've got toy money. And so they're buying they, these they, up. They want to buy them up. They want to fix them up. They yep. want to drive them on the streets. and Well, they want that feeling that they used to have. That, yep. And I think that's what a lot of your voters That, that Joe Dirt feeling. Right. Yes. <laughs> Dang. Plum crazy purple. <laughs> but I think that's what a lot of people that voted for these cars, like the CRX, that's not a cool car. Some people think it is, but like the car guys, that's not a cool car. No. But I think people have good memories in those cars because there's a million of them. Well, I think a lot of these kids that do like street racing and things like that will look at those as a cool, nostalgic car. Oh, yeah. And if you see a CRX as fast, it's because someone has altered it somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've seen fast ones, and I've seen people put a lot of money into them. Yeah. But, yeah, the Camaro definitely deserves a high spot on this list. I love everything about it. I love the style. I love it with T-tops. Uh, I love it as a hard top, convertible. Everything about it's cool to me. Anything else we got on? Nope. Cool. Awesome I've car. i my piece. You said your piece. All right. We love the Camaro. It was number three. Number two. So our number two car, I remember from the 70s and then they stopped production for a while and brought it back in the 80s uh it was it it was one of those cars that was awesome even though it took a break like it came back as awesome is the monte carlo yeah yeah the monte carlo uh the fourth gen which was from 81 to 88 was a great car it it was like i mentioned before a g body platform same as the grand prix and the bonneville and all those others i mentioned um it was also cool, like the Grand National. Yeah. But it didn't have the, uh, to me, it didn't have the same oomph, I guess. I don't know how to say it. The same pizzazz. Uh, the Monte Carlo could come in many colors. It could come in yeah. many different options. Um, it was a great car. Yeah. I've actually looked at, in my years of trying to find a Grand National I can afford, I've looked at many Monte Carlos going, okay, that's close. Yeah. But it would always be a settlement for me. Well, what you do is you get the Monte Carlo, and then you trade up to the Grand National later. That's true. And I do like that whoever put this on this list didn't just put Monte Carlo. They specified the SS. Yes. Because, like I said, we might as well talk about the Super Sport. Let's talk about the coolest one. Yep. The one that has the rumble under the hood. There are some Monte Carlos out there with canned engines and great exhausts that just sound mean. Yes. I love them. Right. Um, But... Talking stock, they came with a three-speed or four-speed automatic. Mm-hmm. 
I don't really like only getting automatic. Uh, the Camaros, the Mustang, you could get a lot of these cars in manual, the MR2. Yeah. Um, that's the one downside to uh, Grand National is the automatic, the Monte Carlo SS, only automatic. Um, well, but, I, I think this is the beginning of them phasing out manual transmissions. Well, they, they, they still make them today, but in the if 90s, you're lucky. Yeah, in the 90s, there's a big resurgence of manuals in performance yeah. cars especially. Right. Because they were saying, okay, if you're a driver, if you're a car guy, right, you drive your car. You don't let it drive itself. Yeah. You know, they, they a lot of the car guys in the 90s were, especially track guys, oh, well, if you got an automatic car, you got to do a stop on the gas, and anybody can do that. But if you can beat me in a five- or six-speed manual, that takes skill because there's room for error, right? So um, I, I don't mind an automatic, especially in a cool car. Mm-hmm. And the Monte Carlo SS is a cool car. Right. Um, but it had the the, uh, the, the Chevy 305 V8, uh, 180 horsepower. Quite low for uh, some for something that big. Mm-hmm. It did the quarter mile in just 16.4. Mm-hmm. I don't think it deserves a spot in the top five of this list. I think this and the Grand National should be swapped. Uh, that's just me. Now, again, I think that the voters probably remember more Monte Carlos growing up. Yeah. I doubt most of more SS's. That's just a hunch. I don't know. And I'm sure I've said something here wrong or read it wrong, and somebody's going to yell at you or me. But you and... know what? They don't come here <laughs> to get every fact straight, obviously. Well, they come good. here to be entertained and to learn stuff. That's good. Cause I don't and most here... of what you've learned is real. I don't come here to be straight. So shut up, Randy! So one thing that I always thought was cool was late in the later years, they reintroduced the El Camino. Yes. Which was like, so was it a Monte Carlo El Camino, or was it just an El Camino that looked a lot like a Monte Carlo? It was just an El Camino. Um, it, I'm actually surprised now that you mentioned that's not on the list. Yeah. Because like the Fiero, that's one of those cars that when I think of, now there are other older and, and newer, <clears throat> but I think, I pictured a mid-late 80s El Camino. Yeah. In my head. Um, and actually, my my buddy Matt, who wants me to get an IROC because he had him growing up and has one now. Well, he's got a newer Camaro Z28. Uh, he sent me a link today to a El Camino SS uh, for sale up in Detroit for six thousand dollars. That looks he said, beautiful. He said Detroit, Detroit, he said Detroit. Uh, whatever. Cool. It's all that state up north, and I it all smells like hot dog water. So I think hot dog water smells better. Probably. Yeah. Um, but. The, yeah, the El Camino is one that definitely should be on this list. Probably yeah. pretty high, too. I would think. You know, I, I think it's one of those things that if you put it up there to a vote, you get more, more hits. Yeah. Because maybe people might not think about it. Like, they're automatically drawn to the Monte Carlo SS, so they don't think about the El Camino, which but then, very well could have got votes of its own. How memorable was it, then, if out of 1,300 people, nobody thought of it? So, I mean, I'm I didn't saying. think about it when I saw the list, either. But when I think of El Camino's, I think 80s, so I don't know. That's that's too. interesting. And I think you're right. I think if like if I had put it up there, it probably would have gotten some votes, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it would have. Um, that's another... Well, sometimes your memory needs jogged. Like when we, yeah. When we, before we get to the number one, um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, cars that did not make the list. So I think you'll be surprised at at least one, if not more. Okay. Number one. So before we get to number one, we wanted to touch on a few cars that did not make our list. And 
we understand because sometimes you don't remember them and then you get reminded. You're like, oh, I should have thought of that one. So one of them, my brother owned a 1987 Toyota Celica. He bought it brand new. It's either 87 or 89. I don't remember which year it was. But it was awesome. It was fast. It was comfortable. Like he had it for, gosh, he had it for several years and always smelled new. But my brother was is the opposite of me. Like he always like detailed his cars and spent hours and hours on them. I would run a vacuum over real quick and just kind of wash it and be done. But uh, that's one. Um, you're more you, of a people person than a car guy. I, you're right. <laughs> you I know? spend time with people, not mm. with cars. Yeah. So. All your memories, your great memories and stories you share are all about the people you're with, not what you guys are driving. That's very you, you've true. You've touched on cars. But that's very true. I love so, it. The Celica was one of my dream cars, too. Yeah. So it, it's a fantastic one. It's not the fastest, but it's definitely sporty. Yeah. Good mention. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Toyota Tercel is another one. Yeah, I mentioned that. For, yes. As you well remember, I used to drive a 1992 Toyota Tercel. And you loved that car. I loved the crap out of that slow little... It, it drove... I did a lot to the suspension, so it handled like a go-kart. Yeah. We rebuilt the engine transmission, but it was still wasn't fast. It ran like a 15.8 or 16.2 quarter mile, so like it wasn't fast. Um, but I did, but in the 80s, you could get a Tercel with a little bit higher ground clearance and all-wheel drive. So mm-hmm. it's kind of this, like, enduro bike where you can drive it on the road, but if you need to do light off-roading, take it over there, no problem. Um, yep. And it was kind of like the, the Toyota Starlet in Japan is an all-wheel drive rally car with a turbo four-cylinder. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a downgraded American version of that, kind of hillbilly-ish <laughs> yes. version of that. But yeah, the Tercet, it, it, it looks like a toaster. Like, it's just complete, ugly, boxy, wagon-looking thing, but... Uh, I just thought it was interesting that in the 80s they had that kind of ruggedness in a tiny economy car. This is the 80s. Lots of great things happened in the 80s. Yeah, I, I can't dispute that. <laughs> a lot of dumb things happened too, but a lot of great things. Yeah, a whole lot of dumb things. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, let's see. Another one we have here. The My big reveal was the Corvette. Yeah, how did nobody mention the Corvette? How? I have no idea. I love the Corvette. I, I might have loved it, like, right... It was probably right right, right around the Fiero. Like, because I knew a Corvette wasn't realistic because they were so expensive. Yeah. Um, this is That's probably the car that I would have owned if I had the money in the 80s. I yeah. would have blown it on a Corvette. I love a Stingray, man. Oh, yeah. And that body style is just iconic. Yes, it is. Um, it's actually what the Batmobile for Michael Keaton's 1989 film, Tim Burton's, I guess, film, yeah. uh, was based off of that body. Wow. So, yeah. Um, that, that uh, I think, maybe the reason that's not on your list, how many people do you know now that have a Corvette? Nobody. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah, like, I, know I know one guy. Huddles, Randy Loveless has one. I know the Huddles have one, but, like, I, you just don't see them everywhere. Right for for the reason that they're expensive, they're high performance cars and they cost a lot. So maybe that's why it didn't make the list. But probably I in a lot of garages. Yeah, yeah. Guy, you know, as a matter of fact, the guy across the street from me has got like a a mid seventies body style Corvette. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's yeah. It should definitely be mentioned though as a car of the eighties. Yeah. So yeah, great car. Um, and then uh, what was the one you had? Uh, the one I had is actually called the Mercure. Uh, it's spelled M-E-R-K-U-R. Is it made by Mercury? Uh, well, it was actually made by Ford, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in association with some overseas companies, and what they were trying to do was compete with those 
turboed, rally, sporty, small car. Yeah, I remember the Mercure. I remember it. So the Mercure, it. yeah, the, yeah. the model, it's the only one they made, was the XR4TI. And I actually almost bought one of these about a month ago, but I really? went, I don't need that. That's not the car I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, it had 177 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Uh, revved at 5,200 RPM. It only ran about a 16 four quarter mile. Mm-hmm. So not the fastest, but it would definitely give with very minor modification. A lot of these V8s will run for their money. And it's another one like the DeLorean that was only made for a couple years and then yep. gone. But right. it's so cool to me because of that. It kind of had that uh, that Celica body style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you mentioned Mercury. Mercure was actually a the German take on the word Mercury. So, yeah, it oh, had cool. all these ties, but it was its own company. They, yeah. It wasn't really Ford or Mercury. Hmm. Nice. So, that brings us to number one. Yes. The Trans Am. The Trans Am is a great car. Yes. It is uh, iconic. The... I- I always see the Trans Am and Camaro kind of being the same car. Well, like we talked about G-bodies, those are both called the F-body platform. Right. Um, Camaros and Trans Ams have gone hand-in-hand. Hand. It's right. just the Pontiac or the Chevy version, right? Yeah. Um, I love the Trans Am. I wonder, just like I was talking about the DeLorean, and I mentioned we'll talk about another car on the list, this is it. Why is the Trans Am number one? Is it because the Trans Am itself was a great car, which it is, but is it the best on this list? I don't think so. Uh, or is it because of Knight Rider? Or, or is it because of Smokey and the Bandit? Well, which was you know different late generation. 70s. <laughs> but again, it's that's a, the Trans Am. Because... When I hear the words Trans Am, I think of the black Trans Am with the yep, gold eagle with the gold, on the yep, front, right on the front. Burt Reynolds, yeah. And and that's kind of what I'm wondering is, did this get so many votes because of its iconic role in movies or TV shows? Mm-hmm. Or is it because it's the best car? Now, again, this is objective. So yeah. when we say best, it's just the most voted for. Right. Because what's it best at? Is it better at fuel economy? Or is it better at quarter mile? Or is it better at hand? So... I, being, you know, being a teenager of the 80s, I remember that as being, like, the cool car that everybody wanted to have. Yeah. Like, everybody just... Because, I mean, it looked sleek. It looked like... Uh, it looked like something that you would want to go out and race. It may not have been the best high performance. Definitely wouldn't be the Grand National or anything like that. However, that was the car, you know, that was the the cool car. And I did the quotes there. Yes. The cool car was the Firebird. I fully I'm agree. sorry, the... Um, Trans Am. Uh, Trans Am, I'm sorry. Firebird would be the Trans Am Lite. Yes, and it's funny you mentioned the Grand National and the Firebird in that little snippet, because I'm going to talk about both of those. Oh, so look you carry on, together. my wayward friend. <laughs> you're not yeah, my son. You're my wayward friend. Yeah. That wouldn't have been the same. No. That, that wouldn't have would not have hit. been a hit. No. Um, but the Trans Am is, is a variant of the Firebird. Um, when I think of this particular generation, I think of Billy Madison, where he rolls up to the high school. <laughs> And the and stroke Aria is playing. Wagon, yeah, the stroke's playing. Aria Speedwagon shirt pops his collar when he gets out. He's leans leaning against, against it. Cool car. And everybody's just like, what is this dude doing? Um, because 90s kids don't know what's up. Most, the 90s, there was a big drop that started in the 90s from the car culture. Yeah. And it's just now starting to make a resurgence where younger people are getting into modifying cars and building now they cars can afford and them. cars. Yeah, well, but even the younger kids are coming up wanting to get into it. Yeah. I've seen, and I think it's car guys... Um, I wouldn't say like myself because I'm not the biggest gearhead I know by far. Mm-hmm. But they're starting to raise their kids and say, "Hey, 
let's go work on this together. Let's go do this together. So some kids are getting interested, but so the Trans Am, the third gen, 82 to 92, just like the Camaro. Sure. Um, it came in six variants, uh, different transmissions, engines, 17 different varieties. Mm. I didn't realize how many different options you could have in a Trans Am uh, in the Firebird package. But we've talked about the Firebird. We're also going to talk about that Buick Grand National because in 1989, the Trans Am LC2 had the Buick 3.8 Turbo V6. Another reason I love the Dagon Grand National is all these other vehicles that inspired. Yes. Because they look at that and went, we want that. Yeah. So they had that with the 250 horsepower, or you could get the L98 5.7 liter V8, same size engine in a Corvette, but it only had 240 horsepower. It had less than the V6. I love the Grand National. Yes. Um, in 1988, the Trans Am, there was a uh, Trans Am GTA. Mm-hmm. It was built with a standard 350 5.7 liter V8, was offered with removable T-tops, Awesome on those cars. Yes. The Camaros, the Trans Ams, anything with the T-tops. The Buick. Uh, I, I love anything you can take T-tops off. I don't know why. Because um, they were awesome. But, yeah, they they were. Here's the problem with the T-tops, though. If you ordered the option of T-tops, you could only order with the 305 uh, 5-liter V8. Mm-hmm. Because the roof won't have the support for the power of the 5.7 or the 3.8. So, I didn't know that. That was interesting to me. But the 5.7 V8 Trans Am uh, did the quarter mile in 15 seconds. Same as the Camaro, same as the Mustang. So they're all on par. That's why I think the Trans Am doesn't deserve to be number one. But I also get that it is. I just think when I talk 80s muscle, Trans Am, Camaro, and Mustang are all on par. It's a preference thing at that point. Sure. They all perform about the same. It's like, what do you like? Same. Yeah. And most people that I talk to tend to like the GM products of the 80s over the Fox Body Mustang. Sure. So it's a style thing and a preference. But what I love is the Trans Am with the uh, LC2 that ran the 13.4 second quarter mile just like the Grand National. And you never see these. Nobody, no. I bet most people that even voted for that never even knew it was an option. I did not know that. It's I love everything about the Trans Am with the Grand National engine in it. I think it's awesome. Wow. Great car. But... I would, I would probably put the Trans Am Camaro Mustang in my top five, but the Grand National would be my number one. I could see it. Hands down. It. So we've, we have uh, had a great time talking about this, this list. Um, I don't want to make a whole show out of it, but what are some of the crappy 80s cars outside of the Chevette? The Chevette, the CRX, yeah. the Tercel. It's, the Tercel. Probably, it's probably a crappy car. The Yugo. Uh, the Yugo, yeah, man, the Yugo's one that needs forgotten. Yeah. I, I forgot about it. The Ares K car. Mm. Now, the K car, there there was one K car that had a turboed option. Really? It was still really slow, I though. I hated those cars. It was boxy. The way they look, I, I've never been much of a Chrysler fan out, you know, outside of, like, the Charger Challenger yeah. thing. But, oh, my gosh. I remember I had some uh, a friend who had a, a Dodge Daytona that, that kind of looked kind of cool, but... It, it sucked. It was not a good car. Um, of course, there were lots of station wagons still made in the 80s. Yep. The minivan came out in the 80s. <laughs> yes, so, it did. Yeah, that, like, that, wow. That I remember caravan every, type. Yeah, everybody. I think the caravan may have been the first minivan. If I, or that, or I think there was a, a 
Chevy had one. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, the, the minivan came out in the eighties. Um, the Ford Fairmont mm-hmm. was one. Uh, the Ford Fiesta was another eighties car that was just garbage. My um, father-in-law drove a, a, a '90s model Fiesta for years because of the gas mileage, and it was just like it, it couldn't even get out of its own way, man. <laughs> Three-cylinder engine, no power, but he loved the gas mileage. So I was like, "Hey, you nice. do you." Nice. Cadillac was really not great in the '80s. They're just big, bulky. The Cadillac Cimarron was trash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't know. The early '80s had some. The, the Cadillac was still. Like a prominent luxury car, probably I'm gonna guess around eighty three to eighty four is when they started like going downhill and they yeah. need to be revived yeah. later. But uh, yeah, those those were those were bad. I remember um, we had a uh, a nineteen eighty eight Hyundai Excel, bought it brand new. I didn't even know they made those in eighty eight. That I think the first year was eighty seven. Okay, uh, so we got an eighty eight, and you know it, it ran good. It was very dependable, good on gas, was not totally unattractive. Uh, I remember getting the car, it was like, I want to say February or March of that year, and I test drove it like this, I'd never bought a new car before, and that was it, and it was great, and uh, I thought it had air conditioner in it, turn on the cool vents, Mm -hmm. very cool, feels nice, and then like months later when it started getting hot i realized there's no ac in this stupid car like had like there was an ac option and i thought that's what i was getting and had i known i would have spent the extra you know two hundred dollars or whatever it was to get the ac it's like the stupid salespeople, car salespeople are retarded yeah um and and there's only one person i go to for cars anymore really who's that go ahead put the plug out there uh jet auto group it's in cambridge ohio my buddy uh, Jordan is one of the owners there, but I've now bought four or five vehicles off him. Dad and Kevin have bought off him. Uh, Malcolm, Dad's buddy, just bought off him. Carla just got a new car off of him. Nice. He is a straight shooter. He does not BS. He shows you. He for me, he shows me. Here's what I paid. Here's what I need out of it. So and, is he good at finding a certain car you're looking for? Oh yeah. If you hit a, if you hit him up and say, I want, "Here's my budget. Here's what I'm looking for," and he'll straight tell you, "Here's where the market's at right now. Here's how many are out there." Like he'll show you everything he can see. When he goes and looks at all the sites for all the auctions across the country, but he has found my buddies different variants of muscle cars, Jeeps, whatever they want. Wow. So the next time I buy a car, I will have you connect me with him. Absolutely. So we'll cannot recommend him enough. He is he's one of the most honest I've seen in guys I know. Gotcha. But yeah, when I think eighties bad cars too, I think of the Iron Duke, two point five liter, four cylinder engine. Remember that? Well the Iron Duke was in the Fiero, the okay. four cylinder version. They also put it in that Camaro too. Okay. Which was tragic. So that's one of the, like, I, I think of many cars, but that was just a bad engine, underperforming, just trash. Gotcha. So, so I think we're done. We done? I think we're done. All right. Randy, thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you for bringing your expertise to this subject. This is something that I have thoroughly enjoyed talking about. Um, I've learned a lot about cars that I've known of for years and years. So it was really a lot of fun. Uh, be sure to join next week where uh, my friend John Noss will be joining me. And we're going to be talking about our favorite NFL players of the 80s. This will be like Tecmo Bowl discussion <laughs> type stuff. So I could talk Tecmo Bowl more than I could talk players of the 80s. Probably. I barely remember football in the 80s. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Randy, thanks again. Thank Any you. parting words? 
Uh, nope. You can check me out on Buckhorn Podcast. Uh, we are not family friendly, but we are fun. <laughs> they, they, I, I can attest they are a lot of fun. Yeah, just just two guys talking about whatever crosses our laptops or our minds. Just, um, just two guys without a turntable, but they got a microphone. That's right. Sweet. All right. Hey, thanks again, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great week, and uh, here's Sammy Hagar taking us out. My name is Randy. I was hurt by a truck.